Hi there, are you fed up with your wine belly? Embarrassed about your booze boobs? Sick of waking up with a hangover? And tired of never reaching your potential? Welcome to Sober Sassy Life, the podcast for women who are looking for more out of life than the evening rendezvous with the Chardonnay. Let's banish the wine witch for good. Here's your host, Jackie Elliott. everybody and welcome to Sober Sassy Life and this series of podcasts when we are looking at how to quit drinking. How do we finally put down that glass of wine for good? But before we look at the nuts and bolts of it, I think it's important that we examine our reasons why we want to quit. If we have clearly defined reasons why we're embarking on this uh, sober journey, which can be challenging, we're more likely to stay the course. We're more likely to keep on going because we know why we're doing it. So I thought that I would have a look at some of the reasons why we should quit. And today I wanna talk about health reasons. When I first thought about quitting, on some logical level, I knew that I was drinking far too much and it was probably or definitely putting my health at risk. Yet I always managed to negotiate myself out of that fear. After all, I just drank wine, wine's made from grapes, grapes are fruit. And so seriously, how harmful could wine be? But the problem was, of course, is that wine is alcohol and alcohol is damaging to your health. And let's face it, the damage that booze is doing to our health should be the most compelling reason to quit. But for lots of us, it's not. I'm a above average intelligent person, yet I still managed to convince myself that my habit wasn't that bad. And I'm not alone. And I'm not making excuses here, but um, ignoring the health risks is easier if you have a constant barrage of propaganda from the alcohol industry. Via social media platforms, TV shows, and you know, most spurious scientific research reports, the narrative that alcohol is harmless and fun and normal has really become the loudest. And it was really interesting to me that early in 2016, government health officials and scientists really started to push back. And citing several um, actual research uh, studies that linked even small amounts of alcohol consumption with several cancers, the UK health minister said controversially, I would like people to make their choice knowing the issues and do as I do when I reach for my glass of wine and think, do I want my glass of wine or do I want to raise my risk of breast cancer? And that's a direct quote. I mean, later in 2016, she had to walk back the comments but really, that's the most forceful uh, quote that I, we've, I think we've ever heard from government officials. And that was followed up by several announcements, one by the Chief Public Health Officer of Canada and also the um, Centre of Disease Control in the USA. There was another study by the researcher uh, Jenny Connor in the, from the University of Otago in New Zealand, And she insisted that her foundings linked, directly linked seven cancers to drinking. So why is it then in the face 
of this overwhelming evidence coming from our government that alcohol is damaging to us really damaging to us and putting ourselves at risk for huge cancers why isn't it that there uh, were not thousands of people running around with their hair on fire and quitting immediately and pouring out wine and alcohol all over the place well I have a theory about that and what I think is this first of all the damage to our health is done on a gradual basis it's progressive so having one glass of wine today or maybe two we can manage to convince ourselves that because we don't see an instant result an instant negative impact on our health that we can somehow delay these effects or that we are somehow special it's a bit like eating cheeseburgers we know that junk food is bad for our health and we know that junk food will make us put on weight but eating that one cheeseburger today isn't going to instantly put on 10 pounds but eating a cheeseburger every day for a month or two months is going to put on 10 pounds but because we don't see those 10 pounds instantly it's a gradual and wearing down of our health we tend to put off doing anything about it and i think that's why lots of us put off um, responding to uh, health concerns from alcohol so that's one reason the second reason is that when we are engaged in a behavior that um, we is compelling to us is a habit for us even if we feel a little bit that it is bad for us and it's damaging our health we tend to unconsciously look around for evidence that it's okay. It's called um, cognitive dissonance. The fact is that we, ha- we have a behaviour, we want to do it, but we know it's bad for us. It causes an uncomfortable feeling. So we do one of two things. We either look, uh, we, we either stop the behaviour, so we get rid of that behaviour, that, um, that horrible uncomfortable feeling or we look for evidence to convince us that is not as bad as it was and it's totally okay and that's where these spurious scientific research findings come in and the reason why they are so compelling for us because there's nothing better than reading about somebody you know reading that wine is good for your health and you should carry on drinking it that will comfort you when you pick up a glass of wine the other problem is that we all have this overestimate of our mortality. We think it will never, ever happen to us. We believe that we will be the exception to the rule. We'll be the outlier. It's a last refuge of the addicted to tell stories of, you know, great Aunt Betty who lived to 103 just eating lard and drinking two bottles of wine a day, you know, with her five packets of cigarettes. We often don't accept our mortality or recognise our own part in hastening our demise until it's too late. There's also what I call the Keith Richards syndrome. The syndrome is that, you know, what we're doing is part of a rock and roll lifestyle and we'll get away with it. What, what's, the, what's the popular phrase that will skid into our grave? you know, shouting and cheering, you know, rocking and rolling and partying up to the last minute. We kind of have this image which fits um, 
you know, which, which fits a Keith Richards who's managed to live through uh, alcohol addiction and drug addiction and smoking and, and, you know, lives this archetypal, amazing lifestyle. And we all believe in some little way that we can do the same. Unfortunately, the reality is that that our health will be compromised so badly that our last days um, as alcohol ravages our body won't be very rock and roll at all. Uh, In fact, if you've ever seen or read about somebody who has to go and have a fluid drained out of their stomach every two weeks because their body no longer can purge out the toxins out of their body because their liver and their kidneys have shut down completely you will see that it's not a very rock and roll lifestyle at all it's actually you know a very sad undignified way to to end your life so i don't you know it sounds a little bit like i'm scaremongering but when you're thinking about how to quit why why you should be quitting is a, is a big reason and the impact on your health the very real risk of a disease means that we should be using those health reasons as a motivation to keep us going after all we might not want to live to 103 but if we live to 85 and we're still out cycling and walking and enjoying life surely that's something we should all aim for so thanks so much for listening and i'll talk to you again soon bye for now